Welcome to Open Government in Florida. I'm Pamela Marsh, president of the First Amendment Foundation, a nonpartisan nonprofit working for your constitutional rights. On this podcast, we speak with citizens, journalists, leading state advocates, and elected officials about the importance of transparency in government, freedom of the press, and access to government at every level in the Sunshine State. If you want to know how to get the truth in Florida, this is the place to listen and learn. Gary Finout is my guest today. Gary is a reporter who's been covering Florida politics and government for decades. At the Capitol, people stand up a little straighter when Gary walks into a room. He's a stalwart of the Florida Capitol Press Corps. He worked the Florida Capitol for the Associated Press. He's written for the Miami Herald, the New York Times, and the Tallahassee Democrat. And since 2019, he's been with Politico Florida. I have to admit, Gary, I often start my morning news reading the Politico Florida playbook that you do with Matt Dixon. It's awesome. Thank you for being here, Gary. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, this is, this is great. Why don't we start by telling folks how to get news from Politico Florida and receive the playbook? Well, it's really easy if you uh, uh, just use that G word, Google, and uh, you Google uh, Florida playbook, uh, you should be able to find it. And then right there on the page on the right-hand side is a place that you can sign up for it. Uh, the playbook email every, that comes out uh, five days a week is uh, totally free. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, it's a compendium of um, some original stuff that we that we put together each morning, along with a, a look at the you know stories around the state that we think are of interest, especially as it impacts on politics and policy. And I think it has a little bit of your unique tone to it every morning when I read it around seven o'clock. Well, Gary, what are some of the issues that you're working on now? Well, you know, just trying to keep on top of everything in terms of this. Uh, you know, as we can all agree, very unprecedented year, um, unlike any year that I've experienced, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are having difficult times, and, and that is certainly a, a key component of it. Uh, but also, it is a, a unique situation with all of this happening in an election year, uh, in a year in which we're, you know, uh, the government is under strain uh, under all the different crises. Uh, so we're, you know, we're focusing on the politics, we're focusing on the policy and trying to keep an eye on, on what, what's happened so far and what's to come. Speaking of COVID-19, I, I spoke with a writer in New York this morning, and he's investigating a Florida story from New York. And he told me that COVID has made it almost impossible to get information, to get people to call him back, and to get interviews. Um, you're in Florida. Are you also facing challenges in your investigations? Uh, yes, uh, we are facing challenges. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, uh, to your point, you know, you you can't do things in person. You know, you know, everyone looked at um, the internet age and the age of streaming and everything like that, and oh, you know, reporters don't have to go out. You you can do this all from your desk, and in some ways you can, but what you can't do is you can't question someone. You can't, um, I mean, one of the things you do when during uh, the annual legislative sessions is you track people down and you walk through the halls of the Capitol and you talk to them 
And, you know, they may or may not return your phone call, but if you bump into them in the hall, they can't avoid you. So it does make it more difficult. And then, frankly, uh, a topic I thought maybe we were going to maybe delve into it a little bit is is just that uh, the current administration uh, has been very non-responsive in a lot of ways when it comes to uh, dealing with the media and providing public information. Well, go ahead and talk about that. Um, talk about, you know, is it is it public records? Is it open meetings? Where where are you finding the challenges? Um, the challenge is primarily in records, and and the challenge is um, sometimes you just can't get stuff uh, sent to you, returned to you. And we're not even talking about anything complicated. We're talking about um, simple things. Uh, we wrote a story two, three weeks ago about um, all the money that's being spent on the unemployment system. And... Um, Basically noted in that story that supposedly the state of Florida has inked a contract with Google. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Okay. Right. Uh, where's the contract? I don't know. I haven't gotten it. I've asked for it repeatedly. I've not been given a statutory reason why it's not been given to me. And it's not been posted on the Depart uh, Department of Financial Services contracting website either. So I don't know how much this contract is for. I don't know what it's for. And, um, you know, I noted it in the story three weeks ago. I've asked for it a couple times since then, and I've still gotten no reply, no answer uh, other than, okay, thank you for your email. And, and so to me, that's a crystal clear example. And, 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 and as you know, there's not anything that would be, um, uh, unless there's some business case scenario, which I doubt that's in there. This is not the kind of thing that's going to have something that would naturally be exempt from public disclosure. We're not talking about somebody's health records. We're not talking about uh, a crime that's been under investigation. The things that classically we know that are that are not public record. This is simply how much how much money has the state of Florida spent with a vendor, and and I can't tell you right now. And that's even that situation is even more striking because those contracts are supposed to be posted on the CFO's website within a short amount of time. Isn't that right? Yes. And this one has not. Incredible. And 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 so, you know, it, it's a frustrating situation. And 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 it happens routinely now. And if it's not, and of course if it's not that, it's you ask for something that you don't think is that complicated, requires a little bit of a little bit of effort on behalf of, of state government. But then you come back they, they you you're hit with this astronomical bill. Uh, uh, something that it just you just uh, on common on, on common sense you just know there's not going to be anything in there that I mean I even uh, uh, you know had uh, several recent uh, requests for emails for three individuals over a two week period very specific mm -hmm. and then on a set of six keywords so even more specific two thousand dollars. Wow, and and I and I just I just know that that's that that. Well, I shouldn't say I know. I can tell you, we know we're hearing that all over the state. But but what I'm saying is, I just I I I find it difficult to accept the concept that that it would require such diligence to scour these emails because once again, I was not requesting them from an agency that's dealing with child abuse investigations or criminal investigations or uh, health information or, or things that you know 
fit within the rubric of this is exempt and you can't have it. We had a member recently request very simple records from a city and she got five pages of records and they charged her $132.09. So this this is going on all over the state. This ridiculous amount of money for a tiny amount of work. And you have to know that's not the actual cost that the government is incurring. They're they're clearly gouging the public and and raising the price and making profit off of an employee who's already doing their job. So let me move on. You spent a career working for print newspaper primarily, and then about a year and a half ago, you moved to Politico, Florida. Why the move? So I really haven't been with the newspaper since 2008. And I will tell you that there are a lot of very high quality journalists in the newspapers, and they continue to do amazing work. Um, uh, But given my own experience uh, with being downsized, I'm I'm not 100% comfortable in returning to newspapers. I've had a couple opportunities and thought about it, but I chose not to. And, um, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my job in a space where uh, I think uh, there's some viability for the near future. I do tell lots of young journalists, I, 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 I often say, I would never look beyond two to three years in your current situation and on your current horizon, because there's just been so much change and so much disruption. And this year has proven the point with, uh, everyone trying to survive the best they can. And then the pandemic just sort of upending things even more. What are your thoughts about, and this may have to do with what you were just talking about, your thoughts about the way people now want to receive their news, Twitter and, um, you know, buzzing at our fingertips all the time with alerts. Is that making us better informed? Um, that's a good, that's an excellent question. I, I would certainly, people have more access to all sorts of information, some of it good, some of it bad. Um, and that certainly has been part of the, uh, the dynamic at work, uh, especially the last few years. And, um, you know, <laughs> see it all the time. These, these, you know, these fake news sites, uh, that, um, that are really, you're not sure what they're up to. I mean, I, um, I know I became aware of some that were set up about six to eight months ago. And I only knew it because of Google and because of my own name. And I saw stories that I had done for the AP populating this website. And I mean, I made AP aware of it because frankly, these people weren't paying for AP content, but you could tell what they were doing. They were building a website to make it look like it was legit, and they were backfilling it with stories from the last several years. Now, I don't know what the game plan is. I could sort of think I know what the game plan is. Is It looked like somebody was trying to make this look like a legitimate news site, and they were trying to put stuff from the past to make it look that way. And I don't think it was a legitimate news site. I think it was uh, planning to masquerade for something else. I have been predicting now for 10 years that we were going to see an evolution here with news and information where we were going to have the wild world of it's free and you don't know if it's true versus you're paying for something and maybe you have a little bit more uh, confidence that it's going to be legitimate information. Right. How does Joe Q. Citizen know 
what's authentic and what's well, I, I, right, and 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 sometimes I don't, and 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 let me let me let me clarify. I'm not just talking about necessarily quote totally fake, but I'm just talking about there are entities that are set up, and um, it's just not easily, it's not readily available as to who does what and where it came from, and um, without naming any names, there was there was uh, something that happened about uh, three or four years ago. Is there was a person who was. Um, you know, probably trying to get the attention of the governor, and um, the um, uh, they they wrote up some pieces, uh, sort of trumpeting uh, governor then Governor Scott's agenda. There were three different websites in Florida that ran this article. Only one of the three said it was paid for. Said the bottom of the article said this was a paid you know this was a paid advertisement by X. The other two websites didn't tell you that. They just they they ran the article, they ran the person's name, but they didn't say that it had been paid to be placed there. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It, it, it's it's a matter of you just don't know uh, at times what's going on. Right. So I was reading your playbook email this morning, and I have to say you are truly nonpartisan. You had equal criticism for both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Um, are there ethics behind that? Uh, I, I mean, I think what we try to do is is we just de- try to determine whether or not it's of interest and we think it would be newsworthy to people. And um, I hear about things all the time from people who feel that, oh, you took this perspective, you took that perspective, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing the work of the Democrats, you're doing the work of the Republicans, and 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 what have you. And, you know, try to approach it day in and day out as to do I think this is useful information uh, for the public, for readers, for people to know what's going on in their community, in their state, in their government? I do take very strongly the idea that that uh, news organizations play a, a an important role in our civic discourse and a, and a functioning and healthy democracy. And so that's the way I try to view it. I try to say I'm not here to, um, you know, be friends with everybody. I'm here to try to do my job in the best way I can. Um, There's so much more I want to ask you, Gary, but I'm afraid we're out of time. It's been so fun and I appreciate you being here. No, I, I, I I appreciate you having me uh, on and, and I hope that uh, this uh, venture is a great success. Thank you. Remember, the First Amendment Foundation is a nonprofit and depends on support from the public. If you care about the work we do, please go to our website and become a member. It's floridafaf.org. We won't survive without you. 